Welcome to Red Eye, a conversation series where V and I sit down and have the type of conversations you would have on a red eye flight late at night when the world is asleep. All sorts of thoughts can pop into your mind and we keep things thoughtful and entertaining as we discuss these ideas. Today we have a bunch of topics. Where do you want to start, V? Well, let's let's start with the the, the story of the weekend that we had, uh, the Jake Paul and uh, Tyson Fury. Yeah. Uh, not Tyson, Tommy Fury. Let's Tommy not get, Fury. Let's not get the two confused. They are two completely different, <laughs> different levels of fighters. So I'll say this though: the the amount of uh, media around the Fury family, uh, any one of them could have been fighting. <laughs> you know, every single one got in the spotlight. <laughs> yeah, they, they, definitely everyone won the attention, the attention game this weekend. Which uh, more than anything, Jake Paul. Uh, and his brother Logan Paul have become the masters of. Um, it's there's like this old theory that you can gain just as much attention by being disliked as you can for being liked. And yeah. I think that these guys understand what they're doing with this, taking a sport like boxing and knowing how deep the thing the the emotions are for people who really are boxing purists. They talk shit about the UFC already. They talk shit about boxers who who aren't necessarily technically the best. But there's like this sentiment within the boxing community that's like what a real boxer is. And obviously without with merit, it is to me one of the most difficult sports to master and become great at. Um, and that's why everyone kind of hates this kind of Logan Paul, Jake Paul thing is that they don't feel like it's real boxing you know yeah. what i mean and yeah. knowing that the paul brothers know that just because of that people are going to tune in to see what happens and they built this product up very well by kind of aligning alongside boxing by him fighting over the hill ufc fighters uh um, yep. and leading into this fight it was supposed to be his first fight against a real boxer but anybody who knows Tommy Fury, the reason that he's being called a real boxer is simply because his brother is a real boxer. This is a reality star who's only had eight professional fights himself against people who've had a grand total of 24 wins. But that's not what matters either. It's it's the idea that this has some credibility to it, that he's fighting a guy that's actually considered a boxer. They got in the ring this weekend. There was a script that was supposedly leaked that didn't follow according to plan, but I know you tuned into the fight. I tuned into the fight. Most important thing for me is I'm a boxing purist first and foremost. I don't think that either of these guys is a particularly good boxer, but this was entertaining to watch. Like I watched all eight rounds and felt like I was watching a fight, you know, yeah. and it was clear that the guy that was the better boxer really dominated this fight too. in Tommy Fury. Yeah, I agree with that. I think it was, it was the first of Jake Paul's fights that I really felt like was enjoyable all the way through. 
I think in the previous ones, like because of the stature of these opponents, like it just felt very clearly rigged. And this fight, I just appreciated the fact that it was a legit fight, you know, and Jake Paul surprisingly like didn't look as good as I thought he would. I thought he would have a little bit more spring in his step. Um, Tommy Fury was much, much more technically advanced than Jake Paul. And, you know, I think there was like, it was probably closer than it should have been as well. Um, but overall, like as someone who's like a non-boxing fan, I don't know if I would choose this over any sort of Floyd Mayweather anything, you know? And I think like that's the elephant in the room here is that boxing the sport is just on a completely different level than influencer boxing, which is like, I heard this analogy from Colin Cowherd where he was saying, it's like watching a cover band. Like it's cool. You, you know, you'll go to the bar, you'll watch the cover band, but would you pay $50 to watch the cover band? Yeah. No, no, you (laughs) wouldn't. Right. You would, you would just wait for the real thing and you'll pay for that a lot more. And I think that's kind of the niche that all this kind of like celebrity boxing fault finds itself in. I think like overall, like, I'm ready for this whole like influencer era to end. Like this is not, this is not good products that are being created. These are like trash versions of products that were good. Yeah. I mean, there's somehow in society it's been lost. And, you know, I, I, and when these conversations happen, first of all, I agree with you completely. Oftentimes we find the scapegoat and the scapegoat in this situation is it's Jake Paul's fault or Logan Paul's fault. No, they're observing society and saying, this is what moves the needle. This is what consumers demand. If nobody tuned in, they wouldn't make any money. You know what I mean? So they're not the people to blame for this. But I think somehow in society, we lost the idea that it was important to create good products versus just products that create attention. Like I randomly was watching this network the other day. It's like the Zeus network or something. <laughs> okay. And it's all influencers on these TV shows. They're all these terribly done shows, but they're getting billions of streams. And it's like, I don't understand it, but the reason that this exists is that I guess the consumer doesn't care as much about high quality products as it does just something that's mindless entertainment. Yeah. And one, I think it's also like, your consumers children children who don't have taste yet right so yeah. i think that's the other part of it that's what's like to me kind of lame about you know building these huge influencer followings is it's like it's not really that cool as an adult to be cool to 12 year olds yeah you know and i think if if no matter how much money you've made like if that's your whole thing is like well you know i have a bunch of preteens that follow me and they get their parents to buy my things and as a result, I feel like I can act like an asshole in public. Like, I, I don't get it, bro. Like, I feel like I feel like it misses, you know, from an entertainment standpoint, it's very enjoyable to watch the social media hype, to watch the clips. Like, I was excited for the fight, but I was excited because of the promotion. I wasn't excited because either one was a good fighter. And I think the disappointing thing is the promotion was so great and the fight itself was fine. You know, it wasn't like it didn't meet the expectation that was set. And I think that's what's tough when you're doing something that's not like fully scripted, right? 
Yeah. The thing is, I have I have a nephew who thinks that Jake Paul is the you know the best boxer in the world because he doesn't know anything about real boxing. You know what I mean? <laughs> he doesn't know who Floyd. He's not old enough to know who Floyd Mayweather is. He's not old enough to know who Mike Ty- Mike Tyson or Muhammad Ali or any of these greats are. He sees he's on YouTube, he's on social media, and that's what you see is Jake yeah. Paul. You know what I mean? And it's it's so funny when I hear it. I had to catch myself because I was like, this is really disappointing. But I was like, I can't communicate this disappointment to him because I have to understand that I can't get mad at him for this. You know what I mean? It's not his fault. <laughs> yeah. But it goes back to like, I just, I'm very fearful of the fact that we don't have a country that seems to strive for excellence as much as it strives for attention. Like, and that's very disheartening because I feel like when you strive for ex- excellence, you're always going to get attention as a byproduct. Yeah. But if you strive for attention, eventually you're going to get exposed. Hopefully you're going to get exposed because none of these people last very long. You know what I mean? Because there's no, there's no substance to it. You can only trade on attention for so long. And if that's all you're trading on, then what 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 happens to the ten year old is that gets YouTube famous is the same thing as the ten year old who gets attention for being in one movie that blew up their entire their entire life and not doing anything of substance beyond that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think it's just troubling because there's a whole when we get into the psychology of this thing, it just creates a lot of damaged human beings, not just damaged consumers, but damaged stars, damaged egos. Like I try my best to not be judgmental. But when I hear some of the conversations in public at coffee shops between people saying, you know, I need to post this on Instagram. I need to go live. I need to post what I just bought on Instagram. I need to post my meal on Instagram. And they're really doing it with the hope of it generating fame. It's not about just showing it to their 20 friends or 30 friends that they have. It's like, I hope that this thing gets 7,000 likes and blows up. Dude, nobody cares that much about your taco. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's a great point. And then, um, you know, kind of on the flip, like credit where credit is due um, with, with some of the influencers, like Jake Paul does a lot of venture investing. He's been involved in, you know, some great companies like, a lot of respect for people who have taken that opportunity and turned it into something professionally. And yeah, I think what he's doing for boxing is very powerful in terms of getting a younger fan base engaged to the sport. So I think yeah. the sport owes him a huge thank you. But, you know, to, to add to your point, I just think like we, it's hard to, it's hard to even comment on this because of the hypocrisy built in and the fact that we're saying it on a podcast. Yeah. So there's like, <laughs> there's some nuance here, but I think that when you lose, like when you're chasing for a reaction and you lose a sense of who you are because you're chasing for that reaction or you're giving up part of yourself to get that validation, that's where, that's where I think the line is. And I think if anybody is, you know, like if, if I'm with somebody, they're taking photos of their food, that's fine, but they know that they can do the post later. They don't yeah. have to take my time with the post, right? And I think like those types of boundaries are going to be like the new like sanitation. It's going to be like, you can't like, it's bad. It's bad, you know, vibes to do that stuff in public. And I think 
even flash photography in a dark room, for example, like huge pet peeve is when you're at a restaurant and like, you know, 15 girls show up at the table next to you and take flash photos for like 20 minutes. Yeah. And you're just like, what, what are we doing here? Like the whole vibe and ambiance is shot. Right. And it's, it's not just a girl thing, but it's like, that's the example I can think of. But that, that whole like idea of, no one else in this room matters other than the people on social is like also a backward priority because shouldn't the opinion of the people who are adjacent to you matter more than the people you never ever see in person? Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, that's, that's a, that's, this all goes back to parents. What are parents doing with their kids and their time? Are they monitoring what they're watching, what they're not watching, you know, or, and I think also like this distraction economy, the truth is that there are so many ways that parents can take the responsibility away from themselves now in today's age that they couldn't 20 years ago. You could just give your kid your get their kid their iPad and let them turn on YouTube and you're doing it because it allows you to keep doing what you're doing and go about your day without having to take that time out and actually spend quality time developing the mind of your child, right? Yeah. Um and that's 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 a reflection on on society. I've said this several times on the podcast where I honestly think that a lot of people make the decision to be parents without accepting the responsibility of being patient, a parent. Yeah. Um, and, and that was that that's and this kind of allows that to be highlighted even more in society. And one other thing that I will say to just not be completely negative. One thing I do respect about the Paul brothers is, is, which I think is a very important characteristic to have, is to not care what anybody thinks about what you're doing and just yeah. do it. They're just doing what they do. And they don't care that we're sitting on this podcast saying that Jake Paul isn't a real fighter. He's living his dream. I mean, the guy was a state champion high school wrestler. He decided he wanted to box. And he's created a platform not only that he can box but the wbc has accepted him he didn't allow the restrictions of the world keep him from doing what he wanted to do with his life and there's something regardless of what you think about his personality some of the behavior and antics that he does to generate attention the fact that he doesn't give a fuck what anyone thinks is something that i think i really really respect yeah yeah, I, I agree with you completely. I think what the Paul brothers do is they do a pretty good job. Like they've obviously had their mistakes, but they do a pretty good job of owning up to things after they do them and figuring out how to how to keep going. I think that they show like amazing resilience. But I mean, they're from Ohio. Like, yeah, that's that that's that Midwest grounding, Midwest work ethic. Like the two of them work incredibly hard to to build this. So it's not it's not like anything that they're doing is easy. And I agree with you. I think. If you've built yourself the position, you have every right to explore whatever you want to explore in your life. Like nobody should be able to take that away from you in yep. terms of like, you want to be a boxer and fight, fight, you know, but don't lie. Don't tell us that you're better than Floyd Mayweather because you're not right. Yeah. Don't like, it doesn't make any sense. Like don't be LeVar Ball. Don't tell us you can beat Michael Jordan when you average one point a game in your you know three minutes of college time. Yeah, or just tell us it's WWE. You know what I mean? Like the WWE makes a ton of money. Yeah. You know, and we all know it's fake. The kids yeah. know it's fake. But yeah. people fall in love with the characters. Like trading on the this kind of like 
is it real or not is not is not healthy and it was good to see that even an amateur level boxer it was shown because like anybody who knows the sport of boxing knows that the the development of Jake Paul yeah just cuz you can throw a good overhand right doesn't mean you're a technically sound boxer boxing is won by jabs and not being hit yeah a- and honestly that's part of the reason a lot of casual boxing fans didn't particularly enjoy Floyd Mayweather's fights and why he created that persona that he created out of the ring because he knew that his style of boxing wasn't necessarily the most entertaining. Right. You know what I mean? And, you know, it is what it is, but I do think also this is a great script because, you know, Jake Paul had a rematch clause in the contract miraculously and Tommy Fury didn't. Because the fight was competitive enough and Tommy Fury won the fight. Now there's a rematch. Guessing Jake Paul wins the second fight and then they have a trilogy. And hopefully, at least in the trilogy, it's like, may the best man win. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing as like a sports fan too, is like, you don't want, if they're saying it's going to be real, you want it to be real. Because you really want to know who's who's the better competitor on that day. And you're not going to hold it against anybody. But the challenge, I think, of putting it in this gray zone where people are debating if it's real or not is that people are going to tear him down a lot harder for something that could have been real by not believing it. 100%. 100%. And at the end of the day, like, those are the takeaways, right? Be mindful. You know, try to be mindful of what you put into the world because regardless of the attention and the money that you receive from it, there is a price that comes due for being dishonest that you are going to have to face, whether it's internally, whether it's with your shrink or whether it's with your family members that you take it on. Like it's so much easier to try to make a living doing things with positive intention than trying to say, okay, this is what the consumer wants. I'm going to give it to them. There's always a danger that comes with that. And the second thing is, and it might seem a contradiction, Nobody gives a fuck, so do what you want to do with your life. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And, yeah. and if people like me are saying that, then saying what they're saying, saying, oh, you know, I'm not even in the camp of people who are like, this, this shouldn't be taken seriously. No, it, it isn't boxing. It's already not boxing in my head. So I don't need to tell everybody else that it's not boxing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't need to get on Instagram and give, get in fights with Jake Paul's fans about whether his boxing fights are real or not. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? But it's but, entertaining and it's fun. Yeah. And he's doing, there has to be some degree of respect for the fact that they've created a business platform by which they can do what they want to do with their lives. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's the truth. And, you know, if they've got the fan base to support it, then all power to them. Just keep doing stuff that you know makes them happy, but also like you know doesn't doesn't disadvantage anyone else on the way, right? Like I think that's the that's the trap a lot of folks fall into when they have like influencer power is yeah. they think they're like all powerful for whatever reason. Yeah, and it's just like no, like you don't need to be you know like I think the thing with like an Andrew Tate is like he might have had some valid p- points, but you know to try and dismantle the world order and reconstruct it would only imply that you're going to create the same system. Like if your aim is to change the way things work and that requires, you know, stepping on toes, then you should better, you better prepare to have your own toes stepped on. 
because yeah. that's just like I think when you when you're starting to leave your leave your coop and and tell other people how to live their lives, I think that's the point where you got to start to ask yourself like, is this worth doing? Is it worth doing? And then you know, being honest with yourself, right? Like, you know, if you're willing, what what Andrew Tate actually makes his money doing is is prostituting women. You know what I mean? And he doesn't hide that. Um, he doesn't hide that fact, but he doesn't understand that if that's what you're doing, there's so much money to be made. Porn is the number one industry. It's not that difficult to live that, to, to have these positions when that's what your actual business is trading on. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you're not, you're not doing anything dynamic or something. It's, it's existed since the beginning of time, you know? There's a reason you can make a lot of money in those professions, like anything kind of darker. It's because people don't want to do those things. Like, yeah, there's a cr- clearly extra value for someone who's willing to do that. But you got to ask yourself, like, at what cost to your own soul and to your own joy are you taking on that burden? Because, like, at the yeah. end of the day, like, it just there's a reason why people don't do it. It just doesn't it doesn't add up to a productive society. And you know, we'll see. We'll see, like, in this influencer world, influencer-driven world, I think that's maybe the thing that is the most challenging for me to face is that whether it's influencers or, like, even the way we've glorified entrepreneurs, like, we've created these circumstances where people get really insane with power and they think that they have the ability to dictate how the world is without taking the time to, you know, see if other people actually want that or not. And I think, like, it's a it's a thing we love to do in society, but I would like to see us change the way we approach glorifying individuals because there's no, in my view, there's nothing that should cause glorification. We're just all people. Yeah, and it's 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 really important too to be mindful, like with the Andrew Tate example, to be mindful of if you're in a position to preach, right? They, they, this old type thing with 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 religion that we've dealt with for so so long, the history of mankind is it's like, how is someone who is preaching to everyone else how they should live their lives when they're not living a life that they're telling other people to live? You know what I yeah. mean? Um, and I think that that happens a lot with Instagram and social media and this generation is it's like a lot of people think that they say things because they think it's what they think is going to draw attention and what they're supposed to say to get more likes versus just saying what they think, you yeah. know, and being true to who they are and anything that you're going to put out on social media should be true to character, not for the impression that it's going to make. And yeah. I think that those line, that line is being very much blurred. There's nothing wrong with, with, with getting online and saying and saying, you know what, I have something to say. I'm going to say whoever listens to it is going to listen to it. It's completely different when you're very calculating in what you're doing to get that attention. You either deserve the attention and you're going to get it or you're not. And you have to be okay. If you're not a good enough musician, you're not a good enough musician. Don't use every Instagram hack to get (laughs) yourself 25,000 followers who don't like your music. You know what I mean? I think that's that's exactly that's like such a good point, bro, because we just had this conversation with the podcast, which is do we cut all these clips and try to play this game and in essence lose a lot of like what we think makes us valuable? Or do we, you know, in pursuit of maybe a more rapid growth curve, 
or um, do we stay 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 like ourselves? And I think it's so tough when you see everybody else selling out, you know. And I think selling out looks different these days. Like you used to be selling out to you know somebody else who would be a distributor of your content, but the principle of selling out to me is when you trade realness for exposure. The second you give up realness, you've sold out, right? And there is some level of concentration of like information that you have to create for a message to scale. So this is not to say that you can talk about 20 different things every day and it's going to it's going to build an audience like that's not how it works. Like you have to you have to be aimed at a niche. But if you're going outside of the the realm of authenticity, I think that is the point where it's selling out. And to me, some people make content that you should make 30 clips a week of. Yeah. And those people are usually selling like infomercials, like get rich quick schemes. So in my view, very authentic. But when you're sitting here and you're trying to make really thorough content, or you mentioned music, like, you know, for me, like when I put out music, am I buying the playlist plays? No, I'm not. I'm just allowing, like, if my friends decide to share it with their friends, I will know my music is good enough for yeah. it to resonate. And until then, I'm okay with it being 20 listeners a month or whatever it was because it used to be two yeah you know and it it was me in my car you know what i mean like that's like everything starts somewhere but if you're willing to have that patience up front to like let it happen organically then there's one thing you get that you can't get the other way you know guaranteed that you have the skill set at a certain level that people are interested right yep and and the people who are interested are interested because of the investment that you've made, not because you did some sort of growth hack to get your get your follower count up, you know. Yeah. And if you look at most of these social media pages, you know, it's great that um <clears throat> Kylie Jenner has what three hundred million followers, but when you look at her her likes on her posts, it's a million. Yeah. And I <laughs> again like it's not like you shouldn't, it's not like you shouldn't use brand awareness tactics when you feel like your product is good enough to resonate, right? Yeah. But if you, if you, if like Kylie, for example, right? Like if she's putting out all this content, like there's clear differences in terms of what's hitting with people and what's not. I yeah. think that's the chase. That's the chase that a lot of people are on is trying to stay relevant. But I would say as far as it comes to like, you know, the purposes of any sort of individual who's who's not Kylie Jenner, I think that you're in a position where you have two choices. One is you can either shoot for as many eyeballs as possible in an attempt to leverage that as trust, or two, you can focus on having a really tangible skill and craft that makes you insanely valuable that people are looking for. And I think like there's two types of influencers in that sense. Like I think the Pauls are, are the type of influencer yeah. they're they're They didn't spam. Like they really put in the work and made vlogs every single day for like two, three years, like back when that was not easy to do. And so I think like people who, who have the right combination of optimizing their workflow and optimizing their content or like the, the core value they're contributing I think when um, there's also danger of over optimizing for quality. It's like the, a lot of people have fear to put something out publicly and they justify it by saying it's not good enough. And like, at some point you have to take the leap, right. And you have to see how people react. 
Well, yeah. And I think the point that I was making about Kylie Jenner was, and, and in the polls is it's like, definitely they are the leaders of the attention economy. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is where I'm saying that the number of followers versus the number of people who care, it's directly correlated to the fact that these, what they, what they sell is nothing special. They don't have Kylie Jenner has no unique or distinguishing talent other than the fact that she knows that people like looking at her so she can get deals with clothing brands. She can do a makeup line. She can do, it's like being a model, right? Yep. Yep. But there's not much substance to it. And I contrast that with someone like James Clear, whose book I'm reading, right? You go on his Instagram, he has a million followers, but he sold 12 million books. That means that 12 million people have purchased his book and read 300 plus pages that he put time, energy, and effort into creating something to help people get better and improve their lives. And I just want people to understand that sometimes when you're doing things of substance, you're not going to get the same level of attention as a Kylie Jenner, but you are going to get the right type of attention because the people who read that book are going and following him because of the impact that it had on them personally, not just because they like what he's wearing. Right. And those are two different things. Both are necessary. You know what I mean? But where I think it's, where we get problems that we're getting confused in valuing. I wonder if Einstein even today would have the same value in society as a Kylie Jenner. Nobody knows who the Nobel Prize winner in science or literature is anymore, but more people around the world know who Kylie Jenner is. Yeah. And it's like, it's really important for you to understand. And I'm not knocking you if you want to trade on attention. But don't do that and then think, be mad at people for saying that you have no substance to you. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And then vice versa. It's like, don't focus purely on creating the best thing ever and be mad that people don't know about it. Yeah. If, if you have an impact, I, I've seen this, you know, um, one of my favorite documentaries was this th- about this artist called Searching for Sugar Man. I don't know if you ever watched it, Mm-mm. but you should. It was about this artist. Um, who it was really, really talented, but could not catch a break. He was out of Detroit, Michigan, could not catch a break. Nothing, would, nothing was happening with his music. Suddenly, somehow, some, somebody in South Africa got a hold of one of his albums, and he didn't even know it, but he had started becoming a huge artist in South Africa, and he knew nothing about it. He thought his career had flopped, and... Then once he found out, he was able to tour throughout South Africa. So you never know just because the attention you're seeking isn't coming to you. But if you create the right product, the right people will find it and the right audience for it will get there. You just have to believe that. That's the truth. I think there's there's marketing channels that are non-measurable and it's a very fate oriented thing. But if you're truly meant to be what you're doing, or if you have real passion for what you're doing, I feel like you could not post at all and it'll still get in the hands it needs to get into. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that with, with Lasso in terms of because we do have, it's, it's like this dichotomy. We have this, this necessity to generate, generate followings on social media, generate attention for our product through these channels. But we always have this conversation internally about 
it's much better if we get our hand our product in the hands of one doctor who has 20 Instagram followers, who's an advocate for the product, who touches so many lives who actually can be impacted by this product, than getting the influencer with a hundred or a million followers who just says, hey, I got my new lasso socks, yeah. right? It's knowing how to differentiate those two things, whether you're building a product or a business. What our product does is it's the functional benefit that it provides. It's a sock. Like we're not kidding ourselves. How much attention is it going to get in the attention seeking world? It's about getting to people who it can impact. And we have these conversations every day about how do we satisfy both of those things? And we find over and over again, it doesn't matter how much our Instagram following grows overnight. If we have 10 new people, who are influencers in their communities who love our product and can advocate for our product. That does so much more for our product than a great creative Instagram ad will ever do for us. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think there's there's like so much challenge in that business in particular because um, other people don't see the difference between the attention economy and like creating something of value. Yeah, And so you just are constantly hit with questions. Why isn't the Instagram following growing? Why isn't this growing? Why isn't that growing? And you're like, does it matter? Does any of, of those things, do they really matter? And if I were to focus on growing those things, would I miss the actual goal, you know, that we're going after, which is helping people to move their feet and like stay active and be healthier on a daily basis. And it's like, those are the questions that I think you really have to ask yourself is like, what's my actual goal with this? What's mm-hmm. the, what's the path to get there? And you, you also have to be prepared for many, many, many people to have their own views of how you should approach what you're doing, especially if the product is good. And I think that's another sign of the product being good is if people are giving you feedback, you didn't ask for, it means they're excited about it. A hundred percent. And it's like, it's so rewarding when you hear, when you have a product and someone tells you it's changed your life, right? Like yeah. that's, you know, it's building any business is difficult, but the value that comes from that is going to keep you motivated because don't let anyone kid you. Even there's no easy way to make a buck. There's no easy way to build a business that's meaningful. But if you take a moment and pause and, and look at the feedback you're getting for people, um, and the fact that we are getting feedback from people who are saying, Hey, this product is changing my life. It's like, we need to get it into more hands of people who this product can, can help. How do we create a system that we can do that through versus just how do we get a thousand likes on Instagram? You know what yep. I mean? Yep. Spot on, bro. And I think that brings us kind of to a, a nice wrapping point for this conversation. Um, yeah, I didn't think it was going to go this way in terms of content versus, um, you know, exposure and eyeballs, but I'm glad it did. I think this is something that that has been on my mind a lot recently, and I, there's no there's no answer. I think it fluctuates every day what you're going after. Some days you're going to feel like, oh, I need more people to know about this. Some days you feel like, oh man, I'm selling out. I need to slow that <laughs> slow down and go the other way. Yeah, and there might be some days that you might be not feeling the greatest, and you're like. I want to post a picture on Instagram so that my friends like it. So it gives me, gives me a little bit of a boost. There's nothing wrong with any of those things, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just, you know, not becoming ad- addicted to anything 
um, and, and, and having a perception of what you're doing um, and doing things, doing things that hopefully make a positive impact and not a negative. impact. Yeah. It's a great point, bro. Well, on that note, um, always remember to be you and stay moving. You is fly. Pilot boys. Pilot boys, we get on up.